excited. A little nervous, too. I'm scared. We're live. Holy shit. I took my try this. out of my mouth, so we're good. We're going to try this mm. out, Dusty. You're getting a bunch of comments already, too. Are, uh, are you on right now, Scott, too? Can they see you? They cannot <clears throat> see me. They can hear me for the moment. Okay. Yes. You're meant to be hey, seen, everybody. heard. We're just going to hang on for one sec here. We're doing episode, what are we, 62 now? 63. 63. But does this count? Is this, this? Yeah, I guess it is, technically, right? It's just with a lot more people. Hmm. Interesting. What's that? I have to roll the, I have to turn the volume down on my other window. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was wondering what was happening. I'm like, why am I hearing so many things? <laughs> is Palumbo a yeah, douchebag? Yeah, yeah. That's a question that just came in. Is Palumbo a douchebag? <laughs> There's a lot of douchebags. It'll be fun. I've always gotten along with Dave. I like Dave, too. Let's see. Dave, Dave stops and says hi to me. Um, okay. So, everybody, episode 63, sounds like. We're going to go live. We're trying this out. We've been wanting to do this for a while. We've been wanting to test out the technology and, uh, you know, push the show. We got so many ideas for the show, but um, we, uh, you know, we have problems rolling them out. <laughs> but here we go. We're doing here it. Here we go. Now. So, Dusty, you look like a giant M&M. I love M&M's. Peanut ones. My favorite. Yes. There you go. Your big, fat, green peanut M&M today. Hey. Marketing. <clears throat> no big go. deal. There you go. So let's get this thing started, man. Hey, David okay. Larson. We got some people logged in already. Really great to see. We're happy to have you here for uh, for our live episode. Um, you know, obviously going live is going to change things up a little bit, but we will probably forget we're live in a minute or two. I've already forgotten. You've already forgotten? My entire life yeah. is live and I don't pay attention to anybody else on it, so it's cool. We got a good show. So, I mean, there's nothing newsworthy going on in the States right now, is there? Nothing at all. I didn't go vote today. Go Trump. Four more years. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Who is that? What happened? <laughs> what? Huh? I like my money? What? Okay. Did you see uh, uh, Chris Bell and uh, Mark Bell's video from the rally? No. Oh, they, were, they, they got like these premium seats right by the stage. And Trump comes out and waves to the crowd, looks right at them and points and goes like. No like, way. He's got some muscles, like he does some muscle gesture, and then he waves, and then he goes up to the microphone, and they turn to the camera, and they're like, "Wow!" <laughs> and the the joke was, you know, Mark or Chris Bell did it with Arnold at that crowd, right? That remember when he caught it on film, and then he did it again with Trump. He got their attention, so it's something he's about Chris Bell. Got, yeah, he's got it. <laughs> I'll take him to a concert and see if I can get that shit going with a with a big concert. So what's your prediction, Dusty? I, I, you know, we, we don't really talk a lot of politics on this show. First, first of all, I actually fall, I actually watch a lot of political videos and commentary and I try to see what's going on, but I don't really bring it up on the show because I'm not American. And, you know, I also sort of feel like I might have opinions on a lot of stuff, but I'm also kind of an idiot and I don't know everything. So I sort of like, <laughs> that's all of us though. I think that's the difference though, is as long as you're not someone who pretends to know every little thing, then yeah. I think it's all right. And you know, my, my, my stance is simple. I'm blown away at how many people can immediately 
knock someone off, like unfollow based on who, who they're voting for in, even though in our country you're supposed to be able to vote and everyone's supposed to have an opinion. Like, I don't care if you vote the opposite of me. That's your, that's your prerogative. Do your thing. I just disdain people who don't vote and bitch. Yeah. That's my, yeah, that's the only people I complain about. It's like, I don't care if you vote on the other side or whatever, as long as you're getting your voice heard, but to, it's the equivalent of being fat, eating bad and not going to the gym and then complaining that you're fat. Same idea. <clears throat> I went and voted today. Um, I'm hopeful. And, and, you're, and, and, and your routine is almost so bulletproof, he can't get you to step outside of it. So that was it important was to you. It was frightening. And I was nervous. <clears throat> but now I'm more nervous because I was in and out in 10 minutes. And I was prepared for – I actually left here saying, God, I hope I can get back in time for the show. I only have two hours. Right. So that makes me slightly nervous because I'm like, why aren't people voting? And I know they can mail in and everything else, but like, I'm used to like waiting in a long line. So right. That was a little different. That's one thing that's kind of funny about <clears throat> as a Canadian watching American politics, because uh, in Canada, voting is really fast mm-hmm. all the time. There's just so many polling stations. I've never waited. I've never even waited a single <clears throat> minute to vote. No shit. Yeah, that was how it was for me. I walked in, signed in my paperwork because obviously they've got you registered, knocked out my uh, my voting and and was out the door in 10 minutes total. What's your what's your prediction? Well, my hope is Trump. Um, But uh, Republicans are lazy voters, so I'm nervous that uh, not enough people get out there. And I think that there's a little bit of false security because there seems to be so much visual support that I hear a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's going to be easy. And I just don't think it will be. Um, but here's the big thing that I, I always jam out there. I will be successful and my life will not be, it'll just alter, but how, what I do will not change. And that's the thing I think people like they, they act like they're going to wake up the day after it's decided and everything's going to be different. They're going to have more money in their pocket. They're going to have less money in their pocket. Or they're going to be successful. They're going to fail. <clears throat> Winners win. You know what I mean? So yep. although I've got my vote and what I hope happens, um, I'm going to win either way. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it'd just be a whole hell of a lot easier uh, in my tax bracket if we could uh, leave Trump there so I don't get my ass kicked. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're. you know what, Dusty? <clears throat> they used to say. I remember when they used to say, it is your duty to vote in your own best interest. Yeah. That's what I, they used to I tell still, us. Like, I, I still remember, think it is. It's just <laughs> I remember growing crazy. up, it was, it, was, it was pushed into me that you're supposed to vote for your own best interest. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that was why you vote. Like, yeah. vote for what you want. That's the country you're going to get. Like, vote for what you want. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like they're telling you, vote for what you're told. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, the, the I problem think is you're being about. you're being misled on what you're told too, because down in the states, I mean, everything is such bullshit. Like, you you need to do your homework if you really want to know what you're looking at. You can't just jump on any news station because they're they're all biased in one direction or the other. It's incredible. Um, you know, it's like if you ask my mother, who the greatest person in the world, the greatest bodybuilder in the world, the greatest underwater basket weaver in the world, it's always going to be me. Um, and that's what happens in the United States when you jump on a certain news channel. Yeah. I, 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 I love, like I watch Bill Maher. Yep. And I like Bill Maher, 
but on a few things, I think he's an idiot. And then I watch Tucker Carlson and I love yep. Tucker Carlson. And then every once in a while, I'm like, ah, I'm not interested in this episode. It doesn't really, I don't give a shit about this. Right. You know, I think he's, a, he's an idiot on this one. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so my political viewing is like pretty ranged and I try to take in a lot of opinions. And then as a Canadian too, from the outside looking in, um, I have American friends and relatives on both sides of this like completely fake divide that's been invented by the media. <laughs> yep. Like it, it's unbelievable to me to watch this happen. You know what? People ask me, who would you vote for if you were American? And um, I always tell them, well, I loathe identity politics. Mm-hmm. I despise cancel culture. I fucking hate commies. And I'm all for law and order. So you fucking figure it out yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm anti-socialism. So I don't I do give a shit. I don't give a shit about what people do or say, or I don't even care if they're borderline senile. Right. I just care about that. I, those things are important to me. Cause like you said, winners win. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I can thrive and make myself, I'm going to be fine. You yep. know what I mean? Um, I hate our current prime minister, but I'm doing well. Yep. You know, even though I despise him, I don't blame him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to me to watch from the outside. And, uh, it, it is, I will say this. I think that it has been a spectacular and unbelievable spectacle to watch the Democrats do such a fucking terrible job of choosing candidates two elections in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tricky thing, man. It's um, you know what though? I mean, without without getting blast into full political mode, because I do try to be avoid that. Yeah. Here's what I love: when I left the polling station and a bunch of other people that I have no idea who they're voting for, I'm like, these are good Americans. Whatever they're doing, they're here to do their piece. And I yeah. dig that. Like, I left there a, like a little more like, you know, and I always do. I vote every year. Uh, and I actually am someone who votes on both sides uh, all the time. I'm not a straight down uh, chooser. I do my homework. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, it's cool when you leave and you're like, you know what? All of these people care. Yeah. And that's pretty sick. I mean, you know, and I, and I have my opinions, but they're just a, they're my opinion. You know what I mean? So I don't look and say, oh, that person's voting for this and he's an idiot. I'm like, I disagree. But it's much like bodybuilding. I mean, you know, I think it's funny that you can be a huge volume guy or a big proponent of something totally opposite of me and still support me as a bodybuilder. (laughs) But you can't in these things. And I think that's comical. It's like, it's all good. And I mean, at the end of the day, my hope is that everyone wants the same thing, which is a better place to live. Yeah. And, and we're just, we're all trying to get there. And, and, you know, like I said, as individuals, those who are, those of us who will win, will find a way no matter what, it would just be a lot easier for me if it won the way I want it to. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, especially, uh, one of my hopes is that, um, you guys don't get caught up in some sort of recount quagmire. Probably will. Yeah. I would like don't. to see this. <laughs> You know, I, I, I want it, to be over way, so we can stop the bullshit. Yeah, I, I think it's really best for the country if this ends uh, tomorrow. Yep. Um, and I really hope that that uh, we'll leave that as a closing political statement. I, I hope this ends for you guys tomorrow Absolutely. and uh, you can just move on into the next four years either way. So 
We have no well, choice. <laughs> yes. So Dusty being the responsible citizen. You know what the uh, U.S. election reminds me of? What's this? It was the day after the 2016 election that I tore my quad. <laughs> and I was sitting with you at that election, and, and, and there was quite a few people surprised in the room on which side I voted on. And uh, I remember I, watching I that, that election one. on TV. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> we were at and the, then the very mansion. next day, I had my big blowout. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. So it's kind of my four-year anniversary coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this anniversary. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I know. Okay, what's that? What else is going on? Tell us how training's going. You put up some interesting posts this week. You had a little bit of irritation in your voice about people not coming in shape. Um, is it, let's let's hear it, Dusty. Yeah. So I went. I mean, I went to a local show here, and I think it's a little bit of um, pride. And I, I I I am literally that old fucking guy now. I can't stand myself. That uh, I look back and I remember when I was coming up. And there was only three shows in Arizona at the time. One of them was natural. And you actually didn't do that show if you weren't natural. Right. Um, it was a natural show. Yeah. People which actually, means no clan, yeah. no GH, yeah. no peptides, nothing. no songs, yeah. nothing. <laughs> and people actually used to follow that and not compete. But I went and to the Arizona. Also, yeah, also go ahead. some of them, some of those people were shredded. Yeah, diced out of their heads. But yeah, so this show, I was just disappointed because um, I haven't been to a show in years. And there was a handful of guys that were in good shape, like, you know, and I mean, very respectful. I mean, respectable. You're not going to not often do you see the dude who's inside out at a local show. Um, but you usually see one or two. Um, this show, there was less than five. And I'm saying bodybuilders because I had a few guys comment like, oh, I did men's physique. And I'm like, ah, should I left before that because they made us put masks on. I was like, fuck you. Um, but uh, with the bodybuilding and the classic the just the conditioning across the board, I, and I and I understand I'm a pro, um, so don't jam me in the face for this. But uh, I I am in better shape right now than eighty percent of the people that did that show. For right. sure, for sure, and that's not bragging because that's I'm not in great shape right now. Um, so it's one of those things where I just remember back in the day, um, if you didn't know what to do, you got shredded. You did everything you could to get shredded. I mean, like I told you in the past, I lost muscle my first couple shows because I was like, all I know is don't be fat. And I remember yeah. I was told early on, find your fattest body part. And until that's in, you're not done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 You got to suffer. I, it was funny. I was talking to an old friend of mine who was one of my sort of like, he was one of the guys who was in the gym competing when I was just starting to train. Right. Right. And I remember some of my early memories of, and he was just doing like the Northerns, like regional show. But yeah, back yeah. then it was a big deal. It's like, these are like the first bodybuilders I ever encountered, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and I was talking to him and I remember watching him ride the stationary bike and, uh, he'd have his hoodie on, but his hoodie would, he had a cut off hoodie. So right. it was cut off, cut off at the elbow, but he'd be like totally covered, but just his forearm sticking out. And I just remember you know, that was the first time I saw like the fucking freaky forearms of a guy yeah. who's like peeled, right? Where you're mm -hmm. like, oh my, like just nuts, you know, big fucking veins on them and his hands were shredded. And then I remember seeing him in shorts for the first time and just the veins everywhere on his legs and how bony his ankles were and how like the, <laughs> I just remember the impact that left on like a 15 year old, 16 year old brain when I see this, you know, the side of the calf where all the tendons are popping out, even if the guy doesn't have great calves and he's shredded. Yeah. 
even yeah. like the you know the tibialis is all fucked up and 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 just like that sort of impression and and i remember i said you know how did you used to diet and like this is in the like he was like an 80s bodybuilder right they didn't like weigh their food or anything they, <laughs> he just he just had a meal plan he's like yeah. i have a chicken breast and a baked potato at meal two Right, yeah. That's the no idea plan. what the baked potato weighs, but chicken breast, take. Yeah. baked potato. Oh, if it looks a little small, I have a little bit more potato. If it looks a little big, I chop some off. Right. But one thing they did was they went hard. Yep. He'd be like, oh, you know, like, you know, if I felt like I wasn't getting lean enough, I'd do like, you know, three days with just zero carbs, and uh, you know, do an hour on the bike every day with zero carbs for three days, and then just see how I looked, and you know, maybe have a potato if I was flat. And, and, you know, maybe like every once in a while, if my weight would go down too fast, I'd have like a big bowl of oatmeal. And then I do like no carbs for a couple, like they just went hard. Like they didn't overthink everything. They didn't do a mathematical equation or check their fit app or type in (laughs) the new food they found or scan a barcode or fucking look at the calorie number on the, on the cardio machine. Oh Yeah. I never once have looked at a calorie counter on a cardio machine. Not once in my whole fucking life. The only number I ever looked at on a cardio machine was a time. Yeah, how long? Yeah. How long, how absolutely. hard? I did the same. I you think, know? too, that the what I, what I decided, whether it's accurate or not, when I left, was that, and I, and I decided this not just based on the show, but what I watch online and things, everyone is so concerned. Like, for number one, your body's more resilient than you think. I have dieted for months on 50 grams of carbs or less. Yeah. My metabolism is fine. I have, you know, just suffered. I've done greens and fish for weeks because that's what I was told to do. And I got peeled. I'm not saying that there's not a better way. And everybody who, anybody who works with me knows that I do, I don't even call them refeed days. I do days where you need a little touch up and we come up. But I've got clients that don't get those. They don't yeah. need them. They don't, and that's not even because they're fat. They don't flatten out. Their body never tells me, "Hey, I need this." Um, I think we've fallen into a culture of we follow rules. Like, well, you got to have a cheat day. Well, you got to yeah. have a high day. You got like you got to have nothing. God well, even, doesn't yeah. exist. You're like, you, yeah, and like you got to get in shape. Yeah. <laughs> and however, and however that is, you know, because I've had clients doing two hours of cardio a day. I personally have never done more than 45 minutes. Right. It's not because, I mean, if I needed to do five hours of cardio a day, okay. Like, I, it's just whatever it takes. And I think that that's gotten lost. And the only thing that bothered me, um, most of the responses were positive. Uh, but one thing I thought was a little bit funny was I had a, a few people go on there and go, well, it's because a lot of people are doing this for fun. And they're not wanting to put in that kind of effort uh, to get in shape. And the only reason I kind of want to call bullshit on that is I have never spoken to someone that said, I'm just doing this because and I'm not trying very hard. Um, I'm not saying that they don't make adjustments and maybe say, oh, it's not worth it right now. But nobody that I've ever spoken to who got into bodybuilding went into it saying, I'm going to half ass this and just get on stage. Yeah, I don't really think there's very many people at all that are okay with getting their ass kicked. Yeah, or not being like in shape. And and again, and I understand there's levels. Like when I was in shape the first show, it wasn't the same in shape that I'm in now. Um, I I, I totally was trying. And I think it just was kind of of bothered me because I'm telling you right now, Ron, 
you and I go bowling, I want to beat you. If we play darts, <laughs> I want to beat you. If I if Michael Jordan wants to play horse with me, I'm going for it. Right. I'm my ass kicked. Mike right, Tyson wants to fight me, I'm fighting. Yeah. He's going to kick my ass. But I'm not going to be like, well, it's Mike Tyson. I'm going to be like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get yeah. my ass kicked either way. So I'm gonna, he, hopefully he'll remember tomorrow too. <laughs> yeah. Like probably not, yeah. but I'm going to go for it. So it's just a weird thing because I'm telling you now, I've seen dudes that are like 120 pounds, like peel out of their heads. And I have went backstage at a show, walked back there specifically to find a kid and be like, wow, that's fucking nasty. Oh, you yeah. went through hell. I don't care how big, small, genetics. And that and, and I that's how I met Jose. When I took 10th at Nationals, I can I can still hear his voice from 30 yards away. You know, that was fucking nasty. Most disgusting. I don't give a shit what place you get. I'm like, it, you get respect because you went through hell. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of inquiries lately about contest prep and I'm trying to just be really clear with people. You know, if you're coming to me, I, you know, I expect you to, you know, kind of already understand why you're coming to me. Right. <laughs> like, it's not a fancy process, you yeah. know, at all. You're going to get a diet. You might not get another diet. It might be the only diet we use. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just all about getting you in shape. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, I liked your post. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Cause it's nice when you, you know, when you, you go to a show with a couple athletes and you're like, Oh, you know, all the people I helped are, you know, the top. Well, I, I had that edition um, of the show. So I haven't been to a show since literally almost, I think it was last year actually. Um, and it was so funny because I'm at the show and everybody notices because I don't usually go to the local shows. And uh, I had people, oh, you got some athletes? I said, yeah. And there was a guy sitting in front of me and I'm just watching. And I had four guys in the light heavyweights. My entire crew were light heavyweights. Yeah. And uh, this guy walks out and he's peeled. And the guy looks back at me and goes, yours? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then there's another guy. Then another one walks out. He goes, yours too? I'm like, yeah. And they got top four, one, two, three, four, and they were all peeled. And to me, it's like, that's a, I'm not a genius. There's nothing so, complicated. So you, so, so you but had people one win. know if, yeah, I had one win out of and all three of them. losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all showed up peeled. And I just think it's funny because it's like, only thing I do is ask them to do what it takes. It's not, you know, that as well as, I mean, you know, we, I was joking with my training partner because he's, you know, he's actually one of my clients and. I send your diet in an email. It's not even a word doc. It sure as fuck doesn't have the calories and shit like that. I've had somebody say that to me one time. Oh, what's the macros of this? I'm like, I don't know. Right. My, I, I use figure it out, but I don't know. I, I, I go through, <laughs> I, so I go through this a lot with people. I put approximate macros at the top. Mm -hmm. So I, I write that. a meal plan and I'm like, this is approximately 300 grams of carbs. We're going to kind of call these meals all 50 grams of carbs to start and we'll go from there. Right. And then they punch it in their fit app and they email me back. Well, you know, with the vegetables and everything, this is 337.5 grams of carbs. I'm like, okay, that's fine. It just doesn't change a thing. We're just like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I don't go by that. You know, I'm just, it's all about the food now. And then for the rest of the diet, I don't even look at the macros. I just like adjust, I pull out some rice, pull out some yeah, you potato. You know what they're eating. Yeah, you know what they're eating. 
It's the same that I, and I, I say the same thing with people when they're using, um, like, you know, that I use some sauces and things like that. I say, as long as they're constant. Yeah. Everything fine. consistent, you know, because if, consistent. what I can't have you do is not telling me and you weren't doing any sauces the whole time. And all of a sudden you added 30 grams of carbs from sauce. And I don't know why you've paused out because all I do is adjust the food based on what I know again. So if it's constant, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. And another thing too, that frustrates a lot of people, um, nowadays here I am sounding old again, dusty. I can't we fucking help myself. We are old. Um, but w one of the, one of the things now is, um, you know, w I come from the age where like bodybuilding meant consistency. That was mm -hmm. like a foundational element. Right. Was things were the same every day. Yep. Groundhog and Day. You know what I mean? It's Groundhog Day, and it's a great day. You get to eat, sleep, and train. Nothing wrong with that. Right. And and uh, so when people are like, I understand variety. I mean, I'd switch my rice for potatoes sometimes, or I'd swap out some oatmeal for some rice cakes once in a while, or you know, like I, there's a certain amount of variety. Or you just run out of chicken, so you eat a lot of fish today. Like, right. That happens, but the um, the sort of resistance to just doing the same thing every mm -hmm. day is uh is a lot more now it used to be expected right well because we're, it's taught now like you don't have to eat that you can yeah. eat a chocolate bar to get your carbs yeah and it's just <laughs> a different a different reality to exist in you know i'm just so used so you know sometimes people come to me and i'm, I'm i you know i don't like saying i'm old school because that makes it sound like you drink distilled water and fucking make people you know do crazy <laughs> shit but you know i don't really like saying old school but i just say listen i'm just like super simple like you're not gonna get anything fancy with me you're gonna wonder where the docks are <laughs> right. you know what's you funny know? though is at the end because i do the same thing and i will tell people up front at the end of this you're gonna look back and go how did i get here with that because it's not fancy and it's nothing but all of a sudden you're in the best shape of your life and there's not like a reason you're not like, Oh, cause there was that secret that he plopped in at the end. I was waiting for that. You know what I mean? I, I had a guy actually it's off season right now. And so funny enough, I haven't heard from him in a couple of days. So maybe he's mad at me, but, uh, he gave me the go ahead to, uh, go all in now on the off season. Cause he's ready. And I said, we're already doing that. Like, right. If, if you're following what I told you, we're in, like, I don't, we're in the moment we started, we're in. So I think you're waiting for me to drop the hammer on the secret, like days of thunder and, uh, days Cole, of thunder. Cole, Cole triple is not here and we are already running our lap pace. And this is where we're staying like shake and bake. <laughs> so, you know, it's literally just going to be the, like you said, consistency. All yeah. you have to do is do this with the minor tweaks we do. And I promise when we start prep, you're going to look and go, how did I put on 13 pounds of muscle? We didn't do anything fancy. Nope. You just didn't fuck off. Right. Yeah. That's you know, thing. and the same thing with prep. So yeah, it was, I mean, it, I was happy because I really didn't, I wasn't trying to insult anyone specifically. It was as a whole, because just like you, I remember going to the shows and being amped because I like when I was not a bodybuilder yet. You knew, like, okay, Robert Farrell and Bryce Lewis and this guy, they're doing this show, and, oh, it's going to be crazy. I wonder who's going to win. And none of those guys turned pro, but they they were all nasty. They'd get you know, in shape, and I was just funny, like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I specifically remember 
the 2001 Nationals in Halifax. And I can't remember the dude's name, but he was like a good Canadian bodybuilder. He was from Newfoundland. And he showed up in the heavyweights and he had ripple chip, shredded, disgusting glutes and off the chart conditioning. And he was a heavyweight mm-hmm. and he finished last. Right. And that doesn't happen anymore. No, like no, if no, you no. Show up in shredded condition with peeled glutes that look like ripple potato chips. You're not last. They find a place for you because there's not enough people that look like that for you to be last. Yeah, you can be. I mean, it's. I guess the way I look at it is, there's a reason that guys like me were able to win because if everyone did what I did, I wouldn't have won. Right. Right. <laughs> You know, and it sounds like a funny comment, but it's like, it's knowing where you stand genetically. And I used to, I mean, the amount of people I've beaten that, and I always say this, that would never have lost to me if they had my brain is ridiculous. Yeah. Because because there's no way with their genetics that I, like, I would never lose if I had those genetics. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just one of those deals, but it's. I, I am hopeful because that was exciting. A lot of people commented in there that are in prep right now. And we're like, I needed to hear this. Yeah. You yeah. Know? People, you know what? That's another thing too, is sometimes I, sometimes we say stuff and I'm like, ah, fuck. I hope I don't, you know, cause I'm, yeah, you know, I'm a nice guy. And I'll be like, ah, I hope I didn't accidentally hurt too many people's feelings with that. But then I'll get a bunch of messages like, I really need to hear that, man. Yeah. It's nice when the people you know who I mean? are. That We're not trying to guil- that are guilty yeah. of it are like, fuck, that's good. It got me out of this thing. I totally agree <laughs> with you. I, I type it. And here's what I do when I like that post. I um, I literally typed up while eating a meal and I hit send and I don't look at it again because I don't want to analyze what I said. Yeah. I just it is what it is. If there's typos, if there's whatever, I'm throwing it up. And then in like four hours, I might go look and try to clean up just how poor my English is. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, because I I'm, I do want to get the point across because it mattered enough that I left the show irritated, went to lunch and was eating alone and was late for the training. And I had to write that post. It was bugging me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. You know, yeah. it's funny. Um, I had a funny week. Remember last week I sort of went off. I'm kind of made fun of supersets. Yes, I had like five people in the gym specifically comment to me they're like like one guy comes up he's like i'm really sorry man but i'm supersetting today <laughs> i was like oh shit and then one guy said he's like hey like did they re- does that really make you like mad because i superset all the time and he was like a little bit worried and i was like oh geez i didn't mean to like yeah, yeah. gym owner ron wasn't talking about yeah, really it wasn't was gym owner ron i guess it was just <laughs> it was, i was just it was it was more coach ron looking at like programs that make no sense right like if you can justify something to me like if you're doing a weird fucking cable fucking exercise and I look at it and go, that technically doesn't make sense. You know, your hand should be here and there. And you go, yeah, I know. But for some reason, my pec fucking almost cramps when I do it. It's like, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going to argue with you. If you really like something, that's fine. But it was just funny. I, I stepped on some toes. I didn't mean that wasn't like being specific or th- overthinking it. Well, think about it, though. You you do things. And, and here, I agree with everything you said. And I also did a full video um, 
of Gina Davis's training that was five exercises in a row, kicked the shit out of me, and enjoyed the workout seven months ago. Yeah. So also, I think people like, get lost with those things, and she definitely has a reason. Yeah, that's and there's an execution, and yeah. on and on and on. But I think sometimes people don't process that, and they go, "It's funny that you're saying that because I saw your workout video," and I'm like, "Yeah." You're not understanding the depth, and and it's a different thing. She's designed it in a way that she wrote it in a certain way. The exercises are picked for a certain reason, but I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of people out there that are just assembling programs for people that they just want them to look fun and hard, and Mm -hmm. they're just it literally makes no sense. That's the majority of what's going on. Yeah, that's but yeah, it is funny because I've had a few of those where someone's like kind of tried to drive home a point with me, and I'm like, I'm not going to argue because it's fine but you missed it so i'm just gonna say you're right <laughs> you're right we should uh um i know we got some topics but i feel like we should look at some of these questions because there's uh, a lot of them well i got one here you can look for one uh this guy asked uh lucas said hey when you met vic richards did you ask him about training tips what was he like um you said you saw him training at a gym in australia i didn't ask him about training or anything i just know that Vic Richards was a huge volume guy. He would spend like, I, I used to hear stories about him spending three, four hours in the gym training, just pumping like endless volume. Um, right. so yeah, that's, that's what Vic Richards was known for. He used to be at Gold's Venice for like hours and hours, just training shoulders. But maybe so, he had kids and he just didn't want to go home. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he's married, <laughs> married with kids. Telling the wife he has a full-time job. Yeah, it's, it's like golf. I hate golf, but I don't want to go home. Um... Okay, here's a good one, actually. Uh, Justin King, transitioning from classic to bodybuilding. If you were in my shoes, what would the next month, year, years look like? Decisions you'd make, strategy, etc. Good question. Transitioning from classic to bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So he's going up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just wants to make sure he gets the most out of this off season, assuming that he's going up because he already has to. Right, like he already has enough weight to go up. Like maybe he had like a life, like bitch of a time making classic at his last show, and it's just never going to happen again. Assuming he's already, you know, got enough, he just needs to keep improving and putting muscle on in the right places. I mean, yeah. it's just bodybuilding; it's all the same. He's just going to get bigger and wind up standing on stage in a different pair of trunks, and he's allowed to hit lat spreads and most musculars. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, I think I mean that you you nailed it. Is it's no different than if you were a guy who was never classic that just needs to be bigger. Yeah, you just need just to be get big. bigger. Don't be. Uh, the only thing I would say is, assuming you're actually a good classic guy, um, if I could make one tweak to my entire career, one piece of advice that I would give is, don't be in a, a hurry. I look back, and as much as I genetically never had the greatest lines you've ever seen, the speed at which I went from decent size to really fucking big. Uh, cost me in my look. If I would have taken another year, two years to get to the same point, I do believe I'd have been a better bodybuilder. Um, and in hindsight, it would have been worth it to me to take the time and right. be better. I think I blew out my midsection a little bit because I was eating and training in a way that was all about how can I get from point A to point B as fast as possible. Right. And I think now the way I coach people is get them there as fast as possible without losing or making things that are already bad worse yeah yeah i i totally get what you're saying i um 
I never blew out my midsection, but I definitely, definitely didn't have the midsection that I had at the end of my career when I was in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when I, yeah. when I look at my first, the first time I won nationals in 07, I mean, my shoulder to waist taper was just utterly ridiculous. Like, that's why I won. It was like under, like, that's why I was doing well. Cause there were all the other guys had bigger arms than me. They all were kind of bigger pound for inch height. Uh, I wasn't a spectacularly big super. I was just extremely wide with a crazy X frame and people would literally come up to me after the show and say, your shoulder to waist is retarded. Like it's yeah. fucking nuts. And then in 2009, I went up to 330 pounds work with Chad. Mm-hmm. And I remember that year I had a hard time with my midsection. Like I just noticed that it wasn't as easy to flex. Like I'd hit right. my ab shot and I'd look down and there'd be like a little bit of bulge to it. Right. And I'd have to really, really power it in like mm-hmm. down and, and to get it to flatten out the same. And I felt like it didn't ever flatten out the same. Right. And, and then, you know, towards the very end, like 2013, 14, 15, I noticed that, you know, it was a lot like I had to consciously just like always hold it in when I was on stage. And I never even used to think about it. I used to just walk in and stand on stage with a tiny, tiny, tiny waist, just completely yeah, You relaxed. didn't think it was just relaxed. It was tight. Yeah. Yeah. And so it did blow up on me, but it was just so small when I started. That yeah. No one ever like said that. It just compared to yourself. Yeah. 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 No one, no one ever mentioned my midsection as like, Oh, your midsection's growing, but I did. And it was like a worry for me. And I was like, fuck, you know, all this 320 plus stuff. Maybe it was just too much food. Maybe I was ignoring the, the stretch of the abdomen or whatever is going on inside. Um, you know, so th- I definitely noticed that. And, you know, and then of course a guy like me, if you're not overly big, you know, if, if let's say you've only got a 21 inch arm, right. it makes a huge difference whether you have a 34 inch waist or a 36 inch waist. Oh, for sure. I think that that's the, that's the, the, the thing I really want to drive home is, and this is coming from someone like myself that genetically is not prettiest. Bigger is not always better. So make sure that your bigger is better. Like take yeah. a little more time, bring it up because Jordan Peter says the same thing. He said when he put on the most amount of mass, when he chased the how big can I get, how fast can I get, uh, it altered his entire midsection. Um, so that's just something to think about because – we are, and I'm guilty as hell, we are an instant gratification society, world. Um, so we want to get there fast. But I think it's just important every now and then to go, okay, but am I getting there better? Um, right. You know, because I, and I know Fuad has said the same. When we look back at our careers, like I'll post a picture today from like 05 when I was just getting into bodybuilding. And you would never have said I had a big waist. I didn't have round muscle or anything, but it definitely... The trade-off, I mean, I had to get bigger to win, don't get me wrong, but I really think, had I turned, had I been top five at the USA's national level in 2012 instead of 2010, um, it might have been worth it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I got a good Um, one here. Go ahead, Um, fire. Kind of contest prep related. T3 dose. What sort of T3 doses do you see as reasonable? The question here is, you know take it morning evening how does it compare to other you know fat burners or what do you think of t3 uh number one t3 is not a necessity at all it's treated like one um but it's 
also, I'm going to go on the record and say it's also not this big scary thing that everybody makes out to be that you're going to just fuck yourself over so quickly. Um, with me, the T3 is just like everything else bodybuilding. Start as low as you can. Yeah. I start at 12, 12.5. With Same me, here. And I don't go, I, I don't think I've ever went above 37 and a half for someone in a day, which is one and a half T3. Um, 50 is the ceiling that I've hit. Like yeah. so anywhere between 12, 12.5 and 50 is like max. And I remember the old days guys used to run up to a, like, I remember, oh, I'm on a hundred. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that do that uh, that are well-known coaches too. And I think what you want to factor in um, is T3 is much like dieting, meaning um, you can also bury your calories and suffer your way into shape and it'll work, but it'll stop working eventually. Your body will start to fight that plan. So same thing with T3. Um, start low. And the other thing is don't be afraid to stagger. Like, I'll do 12.5, then 25, then back down to 12.5. The other thing that a lot of people don't realize is T3 will make you look flat. Um, and this is where things get tricky because I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. But um, being flat is not always a bad thing in prep. Everyone's like, oh, I'm flat. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Your show's in six weeks. Yeah. Um, but that being said, sometimes if you look a little flat, just pull out your T3 for a couple of days. Don't change the diet yeah. at all. Yeah. And all of a sudden it fills right back up. So you need to know those kind of things uh, if you're doing your own prep or if you're coaching people, because a lot of times like, oh, I should feed you a bunch of food. And I'm like, but if you have them on 50 micrograms of T3, maybe you should just bring that down for a couple of days and they don't need any more food. Yeah. You know? uh, Aceto, Aceto used to tweak my Cytomel dose constantly. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most frequently tweaked things. He'd be like, okay, do 25 for three days and send me pictures. And then you go, go to 12.5 and do no cardio for two days. Yep. Same food. Mm -hmm. Right. So the no cardio and the drop of the Cytomel was in Chris's mind, the same as a calorie bump. It is a calorie bump. You're right. Because, you because I mean? the amount yeah. of calories you're burning is going exactly. down. It's all about the math. Yep. And Every, um, everyone jams with that and, and loses track of that. It's like, I hate when I see someone get a, a higher day and they're like, yeah, I'm going to train for three hours today. It's going to be the hardest workout of my life. Yeah, like, yeah, you're feeding the purpose. I would rather you half-ass it, eat the food, don't do cardio, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, got a, I got a basic one I got to answer here. Uh, someone was asking about affordable mattresses and pillows for quality sleep. Um, I don't know if they have this up there, but in the States they have something called Tuft & Needle mattresses. Uh, their website just tn.com. There, you can literally get like a king size mattress for like eight or nine hundred bucks. And I've actually probably bought four of them. I tend to need new matches often, um, moving, trading, giving away. And literally, anyone who's ever slept in one of my guest rooms is like, Oh my god, what did that mattress cost? I'm like, It was cheap as shit. So, really, yeah, they're awesome. Like, yeah. I actually, I actually got rid of a five thousand dollar mattress for one of these and would never go back. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So what do you got? You got a good one? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know me. I get sentimental about my, about my, uh, the stuff that I grew up with. And we had Sean Connery die this week. The legend. No bueno. Yeah. No, I, I see. Him, him dying is no bueno. Oh, yeah. 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 Legends were... live forever. Yeah, I know. What do you think? What, what are some of the, what are your some of your favorite Connery movies? 
Oh, fuck. Let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of like the more recent ones because obviously it's funny. Our age gap isn't that large. No, but, but it's culturally but, but, significant. But yeah, it's a it's a large like things that are, that you're like, oh, this I'm like, I've never seen that. Yeah, there's a few things. Yeah, you're I right. I don't know what that one is. Um, you know, so literally like like I'd be thinking things like uh, what the what was the, the like the rock was a good one that I loved that had him. You know what I mean? But I'm sure there's much more classic Conneries that people are like, really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> hey, The Rock's a good one. The Rock was a great movie. And um, you got the gray-haired, gray-bearded Connery in that one, too. That was a good one. Um, there's Highlander, mm-hmm. which to watch now is a little dated, right? Because it was made in like the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it was an amazing, legendary movie about you know the immortals with the swords that you know have to kind of have the final battle uh connery was a legend in that one and um of course all the early bond movies that i talked about in my post i don't know if you saw that but i did a kind of a james bond tribute post because i grew up watching the connery bonds and um and then of course another one that i just watched not long ago uh for the hell of it but was the untouchables yes i did see that one and for people who haven't seen the untouchables, but love gangster movies. I mean, if you're a good fellas guy and a casino guy and you know, all those movies, mm-hmm. uh, you got to see the untouchables. Cause it is uh, it's a classic, like, you know, ridiculous cast. It's got Connery and De Niro in it. It's just nuts. Andy <laughs> Garcia, like some of the greatest gangster movie actors they could possibly ram into one, you know, it's just a classic movie um, with, Another thing about The Untouchables is I've I've had people tell me that they finally watched it. Right. And there's like several moments in the movie that are kind of cultural references that they'd never got before. Right. <laughs> they, they, they heard them but didn't know why and now they know. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, how's that? That little thing he did. OK, yeah, that, that's why that's funny. You know what I mean? Right. So it's one of those movies that, you know, sort of uh, it won a bunch of Oscars at the time. But, yeah, that might be, you know, I, I've had a lot of people say they love my old movie recommendations. Like when you watched uh, True Romance. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I, I definitely send everyone to watch The Untouchables. So. I love that you, this is, this is, these are the gems that I tell people to watch out for. I literally will tell people, I'm like two things, listen to Ron, because the amount of useless information that's in his brain is unbelievable. And number two, <laughs> if I have like a really good story, I want to hand it to you and have you read it over and then you tell it. Cause I'm like, there it's, 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 it's so much more complete. If I let Ron tell my story, <laughs> <laughs> he just, he wasn't even there, but he tells the story better than I do. <laughs> You got there's we're getting some good ones on the side. I appreciate that. Sometimes I wonder who wants to hear it. Oh god, these that are classics. Okay, we have like a total bodybuilding and bollocks question here. What is it? Um, I this is something I I would you rather fight a hundred feral donkeys or one T Rex? <laughs> <laughs> That's a direct copy. <laughs> Is it a cop? <laughs> oh, because well, I mean, it's not the exact thing. But don't you yeah. remember when Luke went on about the hundred tiny bears? Oh yeah, the tiny. I bears think I've probably one, one watched that duck. clip like seven hundred times. I've forwarded to people who don't even know bodybuilding. I'm like, just trust me, you're gonna love this shit. And yeah. they would literally be like, I don't know who that guy was, but it's fucking hysterical. Because <laughs> yeah, because he got so pissed off. <laughs> the best part was that like, uh, who was it that was who wanted who was it that wanted to fight the small bears? Luke. It was Luke, Luke. Said, Luke said he could fight the small bears. And, and, Arvid, like, 
Fuad's like, no, no, I'm from Canada. You don't know what bears are. Like, <laughs> even small <laughs> bears are terrifying. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what he said. He goes, the only thing scary about a bear is it's 800 fucking pounds. That was that was Luke. He's like, so imagine an 800 pound fucking duck. <laughs> oh God, yes, yeah, I can't. I mean, it's that literally. I've I've said that to so many people, and they all reference so many things. Like, because he's talking about how the bears, their teeth are like grains of rice. Or no, their 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 claws would be like grains of rice, <laughs> razor sharp grains of rice. <laughs> exactly. Oh shit, those are classic. Oh god, let's see. God, we have a lot of questions. We need to start banging these out with a little less detail, Mister. Okay. Can you, can you switch from a long ester to a short ester during a cycle? Any benefits really, or is it bad at all if you ran out of one too soon and had to substitute another one in? Well, well, I mean, if you have to, you, you have to. I mean, you just told me you ran out in the middle. Um, I'm a little confused on how that happens mathematically because you know how much you have and how much you take. Oh, right. Mr. Organization here. Like, hmm. I, well, plus, I mean, I am like all kidding aside, like to me with bodybuilding, because clients will say like, well, how long are you going to do this? I'm like, I don't know. So if I think you need four bottles, get six. Right, right, right. Like, just don't run out. But yeah, you can switch. It's not going to kill you. Um, understand the how half lives work. Most of you guys don't do that, anyways. Um, so it barely matters to you because you're not even really paying attention. So as long as you're getting in, all I would make sure of is if, say, you're taking one shot a week of sipinate and you switch to propanate, then take three shots a week to equal the same amount. And the only you won't even know the change. It's just your blood levels are the stability of them is a little different. That's what I tell people all the time. It's just the ester. Your body doesn't give a shit. Just know your half lives. Most people don't, you know, like good news. That's why you have me. (laughs) Most people think, most people think stuff is in and out so much faster than it actually is. Oh yeah. Like the one, one guy was saying to me, Oh, well, you know, you have like, I had him, I think I had him taking a hundred megs of trend three times a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, no, I've been breaking it down into, you know, 37.5 milligrams every X hours or whatever the fuck, you know. And uh, and I'm like, dude, uh, if you so I drew it out on a chart mm-hmm. and I wrote like 100 and then and three days later, 50 and then three days later, 25. And then I put right. the next shot in at 100, 50, 25 with the half lives. And then I showed him how like after a week. Everything is level constantly. Right. Well, plus, I think what it is, how that happened is because if you wanted perfect blood levels of testosterone, and I was giving you 200 a week, you would be better off to take exactly one-seventh of that a day because then you could turn around and do the same way because the argument is simple. Guys are taking, say, their estrogen blockers every day. And it's a moving target because their testosterone is going up and down. And I get it, and it's it's accurate. But for that to truly work, and I have done it, um, you also need compounding pharmacies that make the exact amount of Arimidex or whatever you need daily as well. Yeah. So, yes, on paper, in a Bunsen burner and beakers, it's accurate. But the amount of mental masturbation going in for a guy who still uses a cup of rice instead of grams kind of bothers me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he's throwing in a couple quest bars a day because they don't count. Yeah. So um, that that's the stuff that I mean, truthfully, like you, yeah. you'd want to be thinking about because I do feel that that's the we overcomplicate some things and then undercomplicate others because at the end of the day, it's it's the same way I view a lot of people with religion. Well, I don't really want to listen to that part, so that's not a big deal. Right. But this over here is a must. So, but yeah, you can switch them out, no problem. Um, man, I didn't expect to have so many people online. Here's a question: uh, When able, will Mutant on a Mission be back? And will Dusty be joining now since the success of the podcast is Dino's in the cards again? Uh, well, the news on Mutant on a Mission is that Mutant has told me that they want to continue the series starting in the new year. Um, even if that means uh, just doing Canadian gyms for a while, you know, if I can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want to continue the series starting in the new year. So that's all I know for sure. We only got two episodes done for season six. You know, we started season six there. I hit uh, Mark Bell's super training and my um, my buddy Morgan's max muscle gym. Mm-hmm. And we got two great episodes done. And then, you know, COVID hit. So they do want to continue. Um, and a return to Dino's is always in the card if I go to body power. That's sort of how that looks. If Mutant never sends me to right. England for body power, then there's always, you know, the opportunity to film at Dino's. So, you know, that's that's all my Mutant on a Mission news. Yeah, I, I can't wait for this for that to get rolling again too, just because it's something that uh, I've used as homework. Like, because I, you know, right. especially now that I'm looking at uh, some pieces, I have found not across the board, but in a lot of ways, as a, as equipment has evolved, it's gotten worse. <laughs> so, a lot of what I'm envisioning for uh, my space and even for uh, Muscle Factory where I'm training now is equipment that I got to find. You know what I mean? Um, Because there is some good stuff, and I've had some companies taking care of us, but there are, I mean, I don't know if you, we haven't seen it yet, but the the old gym that I trained at with Dante, there's equipment in there that literally, I I wanted to steal the equipment and take it home. It was so good. Yeah, he sent me a walkthrough video. Oh, did he? Yeah, so I saw everything he had, like back during COVID. He's like, look at the chain on this cable row and look at this and look at this. And he's like, yeah, it was pretty wild, that place, man. It's a that's like like what year is it when you, when you walk in that room? Oh, it was immediately it was immediately the 70s. I had never been there before. My hair grew immediately, which was cool. Um, right. So this guy had the long, wavy look like Metzger. It was was he awesome. playing Black Sabbath? You know, <laughs> the, ba- the best part is there was literally carpet in there that was clean but it was also put in the day that all the equipment went in there in 1972. I love that. Was there big long threads ripped out of it and big yeah, holes and worn in it? Funny colors because it, yeah. but I mean, literally the, the crazy thing was the equipment was flawless. And yeah. Dante pointed it out and I, I, I never try to, I try to not really jam home weight as much anymore because people have lost the fact that what I'm trying to display in my videos is actually intensity. And it's just, that's the amount of weight required for me to do that. Um, but I'm telling you, like you put 300 pounds on one of those, it was 300 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there were no going through seven pulleys and you were getting 126 in your hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think it went through a reverse pulley and 300 was 325. I'm like, okay, that's Some. fucking heavy. Let's do this. Uh, but it was awesome. Ba-ba-bum. I've got one here. 
Shoot. You've got three guaranteed respawns in this life. Like a video game. Yeah, oh. you can die and you're fine. Okay. What risks and chances do you take? Oh my god, I've already done them. <laughs> well, you didn't do big enough ones because they didn't kill you. You get to, you get three guaranteed respawns. Man, what would I do? This is crazy because I mean, like, you you can't help but uh, bring things down. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're talking about death. Yeah. Is there anything that that's just too risky for you to try? Uh, well, I mean, l- like this isn't now, but when I was younger, um, I loved doing. I've skydived. I've jumped out of airplanes. I've bungee jumped. All that. I would have. I guess one thing I never did that I would like to do would be uh, free climbing. <laughs> that's nothing, because there is something to be said. I can tell you, like for example, a lot of people don't understand that. For me, bungee jumping was far scarier than than skydiving. You're nowhere near the ground. You know that the chute's gonna like there was nothing. E- you and you also don't feel the rush. Your stomach doesn't pull like a roller coaster when you jump out of an airplane. Um, when you jump off of a bridge, the ground is right fucking there. And when it grabs, when the bungee pulls, you feel your stomach end up in your throat yep. and back down. Or if you do it over water, you can actually hit the water, which is kind of fun. Um, but because of that, I was more drawn to bungee jumping than I was to skydiving because I liked the rush of it. So I could totally see that with like free climbing because it's like, well, I could die. If yeah. I fuck up, I die. You know, right. which if you're into that kind of shit, it does add a rush. It's like gambling. You know what I mean? Gambling is not exciting if you enjoy playing. Unless there's a little bit of fear of losing. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And, and that's like, for me, I used to gamble a lot when I was younger because the, the amount of money it took to give me a rush was low enough. It didn't hurt me if I lost. And now to get that same rush, I'm not willing to risk that amount of money. So I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> it's like 300 used to do it. Now it would be like 3,000. Like, I don't want to lose 3,000 dollars on fucking hand of cards. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think if I, well, you know, guaranteed respawns, you do whatever you want. I would do like, I, I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick, but I'd do like a, like just a kamikaze Vegas drug binge with my, <laughs> with like Led Zeppelin in the seventies or, 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 or with like David Lee Roth in the eighties, just go to Vegas and just do all the drugs and bang all the hookers and just go to, you have a heart attack <laughs> and then wake up the next day and you're I, in I your love, own bed. You're like, you're like, oh, I used one up. You, 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 one do, up. You, do you apologize to Emily when you get home or how does that work? <laughs> well, you died. She says happy. You're back. It's like, it never happened. It's a respawn. But I don't know though. I could still see her looking at you and go, I just think it's kind of funny that. I think I think it's funny that you said that you died of my relationship and just going with the Vegas drug binge with some crazy rocker. I don't know in reality who the funnest rocker. I I think that I, if I was going to do the exact same thing though, just based on knowledge, I I would go with Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Okay, you're just going to go to Vegas with Rodman for a a week and just die on day two. Not coming back. (laughs) 
Like you're planning to like try to die by Thursday, not even make the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I think he could supply that for me pretty he easily. Might, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of the, I would use a respawn on that just to see what that experience would be like. You know, I like where your head was at with that. It's a solid hey, one. He only lived once, man. There's certain things I didn't do for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you thought them. You you had a thought process. Yeah. 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 You ever dip your toe in something and you're like, oh, that's what's that about? Hmm. I would die if I keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've added just a couple of those weekends in Vegas, not of the <laughs> brink of death or anything, but even a, a tough, a, a, a rock in 48 hours. You crawl. I remember I have a, actually I should see if I can find it. I have a picture of me in the back of a limo and I had like 5,000 bucks all opened up and I planned on spending it. Like it wasn't, we weren't gambling. And then coming back, I'm in sunglasses and I got like 20 bucks and it was worth every penny and I'll never do it again. Like that was awesome. We're never doing that shit again. <laughs> I remember being a, uh, you know, uh, you know how sometimes, I don't know how to put this. Have you ever been at the strippers in Vegas, Dusty? And you're giving them lots of money and you know it's a waste. Right. But it's sort of in the spirit of it and everyone's having fun. So you just keep, just keeps, just, and it just keeps going. And you're like, ah, well, I'm just paying to have a fun night out. At least I don't gamble. Right. right? Well, you, but you, you're, you're, that's the thing though, is you're buying the entertainment. You know what you're, you're doing. Buying you know what you're, you're, doing. you're not the moron that thinks that she's coming home with you. Right, right. And I've already spent the money in my head. Like before I even got on the plane, I'm like, oh, I'm going to waste money on something this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean, if you're like, in my opinion. <laughs> you're like, $100. Where did that go? Yeah. That, did I, yeah. All of my where did those go moments uh, had Jose involved in alcohol. So. I was just going to say, it's funny I mentioned $800 because I picked up a tab once at an Australian restaurant with Jose and his girlfriend. Right. There was a, there's some other people there and the, Andy had bought dinner the night before at a restaurant and Jose had paid for lunch. And I thought, well, it's my turn to pay, but we just happened to be at the most expensive of all three meals. <laughs> and I wasn't really thinking, I was like, my turn to pay. I'm a good guy. Threw down the cart. $800 was the bill for dinner. I'm like, holy fuck. Okay. <laughs> Shit. All right, then. All right, then. That's how I know Jose thinks I'm a good guy because he's like, I remember he looked at that bill and he's like, damn. Huh, that mutant must be doing you well or you're just dumb. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a question. Here's a question. When Rich Piana left Mutant and formed 5%, did Rich ask either one of you to join him? Would you have considered? Well, first of all, you weren't on the team yet. Nope. Right. So... Uh, no, Rich didn't ask me to go. Rich talked to me about it and he said, um, you've got a great thing going, make sure they promote you, make sure they keep this show that you have. Cause I just started mutant on a mission, right? Right. It was all about, make sure they keep doing this. This is awesome. You're right. This is a great idea. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so no, I didn't, he didn't ask me to come, but I, I know I would have been welcome if I would have wanted to, but you got one there, Dusty? I have hundreds. I'm literally. Are you on Instagram away. or are you looking at the chat here? No, I'm just at the chat. I, I, I'm gonna have to answer all the Instagrams uh, on my own here separately because I feel like we gotta nail these ones here. Right. You know. Um. Well, go ahead. You're about to say one. Who's gonna win the British show? Oh well, my money's on Hollingshead. 
for sure. Yeah, my money's on Hollingshead too. You know why? Well, I know why for me. Because of what's between his ears. You know who? You know who? Uh, who? It's funny. My training partner Will said this. Hollingshead is Dorian's mentality reborn. Well, yeah, we talked about that. Remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the 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 parallels. Yeah, I mean, because it's just what I appreciate is it's this is just what you do, and he does a great job of. Um, bringing you along for the ride which i dig and i'm not talking about progress pictures i'm talking about even the mentality like i feel like so when i tell people stop being a pussy it sounds very degrading and i'm an asshole um when he says it it sounds like i want to be more like james (laughs) the way he puts it and i mean that because he's not an asshole it's just James is very, this is how it's supposed to be. And he's right. You know what I mean? But it doesn't come off as horrifically as it does when I do it. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the foo out of the situation. We're like, why are you such a dick? And I'm like, what? I was trying to be nice. <laughs> no, James, I'm, I'm rooting for James. Uh, full support. Um, here's a good one. Just moved states for work and had to break up with my gym partner of three years. How would you look for a new gym partner or would you just train solo for a while? Well, me, I would find one easily. I would just put up a post and call it a day. Um, but if I didn't have that option, I would just train. I train awesome alone. Yeah. Uh, the, the only issue I have uh, when it comes to training partners is if, I, if I'm expecting you to come and you don't show, that fucks me up because I'm in a different mindset. Right. You know, but when I show up to a gym to train alone, I can, I can kill a workout. So I would train solo. And I think usually the people who should, my experience has been the people who should show up do. Right. Uh, I think I probably have one of the greatest runs of awesome training partners in the history of the world. I don't know how I've gotten so lucky, but I've had many awesome training partners. Well, you attract them. Um, I would give the same advice I would give a relationship. I would say, stay single for a while. Do you, do you (laughs) stay single for a while, get used to the new gym, make sure you find the gym you like. You don't want to join the wrong gym and then go to another gym and go, fuck this gym's better. You know, surf around, go to the gyms, check them out, make sure you know where you're going to train. I would be very slow. I, 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 I still tell people this and everyone sees me training with a partner now and they, but they don't realize I trained alone for over half of my bodybuilding and I love training alone compared to training with 95% of other people. Right. You know, I'd rather train alone than train with most people. Right. And, um, it's not even like, I just actually really like the isolation of training alone too. Like people don't realize my whole life, I got really into my music. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't just have it on to d- does background noise. I'm listening to it. Like I'm listening between songs. I'm listening to like the guitar notes and the drums and I'm like breaking it down. It's like, so I actually think about it between sets because it's like really ties in with my mindset and you know, I music really stimulates me. So I'm really listening to my music. I don't need anyone there. I'm in my own world. I'm perfectly happy to be completely alone. 
Um, but when I find a great partner who's fun to train with and likes to go hard, um, that's a benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Do you so have one partner or two partners right now? I have, I have one. I train with, uh, train with Braden every day. He's great. Plus we're in a situation now where, you know, Braden wants to get big and, you know, I'm sort of done progressing, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to kind of like keep looking great and stay strong and stay healthy. So we're chasing his progression now. So when we go to the gym and it's leg day, it's, it's our second leg workout in the rotation. I know we're doing the gray hack squat early mm-hmm. and I know that he's going to set a new record. Right. And we're going to make fucking sure it happens. You know, if he right. did five, five plates for eight the week before he's getting at least nine this week. And then I know that I want to have a really great set with anything in a certain range that would make me happy for quality, like a quality fail set that I, you know, and keep my strength up and, and stay healthy and move well and all that stuff. So my set is also on my brain and it's a different type of progress. I know the numbers aren't going to go up cause I'm, you know, HRT guy retired. So I know the numbers are down. I'm not going to be using the crazy weights, but I want a great set compared to last week's set. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got four and a half plates for 14 last week, I want at least 14 this week. Right. If I get 15, that's fucking awesome. If I get 12 and the reps were maybe a little slower or if the set was better, that's also fine. I don't, I don't really, I'm not emotionally hooked on it, but it's like, great. I love it. It's another win. Right. You know? And then if he blasts an extra rep or something on his set, then like we crushed it. And I know that our training is being very productive. I, I literally, as the whole time you're talking, I'm listening and I'm thinking like, you have to be ready, like, to be done, to do what you're doing. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. and it's a very like, cause I, I actually fully understand and I, I'm trying to figure out a way to word this to get your, your mindset on it. But I fully understand why people have a hard time walking away because I don't care what anybody says. Ron Parlow is a bodybuilder. Like it's, I used to argue the opposite direction. I've said this a million times. I used to say bodybuilding is not who I am. It's what I do. And now I realize no bullshit. It is absolutely who I am. So, and it absolutely has been who you are for even longer than me. How did, how'd your brain do that flip? I mean, you just wake up one day and you're like, I came, I saw a conquered. I mean, how did you flip no, that off? Very gradual, man. It's been a, it's been a very gradual five years of, and I sort of see five years as like a fast exit from right. what I was doing for 25 years, you know, you're still I bodybuilding, you're still following a diet. You still look, yeah. I mean, truthfully, if you, if you ask most people as far as shirt, shirt off and said, okay, percentage wise year round, they'd be like, well, you look better now because you're always in shape. Right. You always look at, I'm not even talking about size versus size. I'm just talking about, you know, there are definitely points in your off season, at least for me. And maybe it's oh, just because yeah. I'm weak minded where someone's like, yeah, let's head out to the pool. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. Not a good pool day. <laughs> you no, sure? I, I totally get it. And it was a very gradual process and it was sort of a, a long acceptance of, you know, father time being a real thing. And also too, like it really helps when you see other people going through it as well. You know, I mean, um, you know, like watching Mark Bell transform himself or watching Jay Cutler retire and mm-hmm. transform himself and see how positive of an impact he can still make. And you realize nobody gives a fuck about the 50 pounds. Right. 
Nobody. And while you're in the, in the bodybuilding mindset and you're a pro bodybuilder and you're training that way, you think like, well, I can't lose 50 pounds. I mean, my sponsors are going to care. Right. The sponsor doesn't care. Right. None of my clients care. None of my friends care. None of the people who follow me give a shit that I lost 50 pounds. No one seems to care. And when you just see it sort of like, you know, I was 320 for so many off seasons. And then I was like, I'm kind of, I'm going to stay around 300. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to rehab my leg. Uh, okay. I'm going to sit around 290 because I'm taking less gear and I'm not really sure what's going on. Okay. I'm definitely done competing. I'm 280, 280. I'm happy with. Right. Okay. You know, I've got a lot of injuries. Let's, let's just look really good. Okay. Now I'm aiming for 255 and, and then no one seems to be up. Ups- like it, it, you realize that it's, it's all in your head. Like. You know, you're like you said, you know, the bodybuilding is what I am a bodybuilder. And and then you you start doing other things like, you know, when I talk about my fucking new hobby here with the bike, you see the bodybuilder just can't help. But it's there. It's always there. How right. many how many reps do I have to do to be successful at this thing I'm doing? Right. You know, and, and also I, and I definitely get that transition because you there are things that I look forward to doing yeah. that, that I can't like it's comical to me at how unathletic I am now. Like it's it's almost as as an athlete, you're embarrassed because you're like, dude, it's pathetic what you can't do. Um, but yeah, I just wondered because it's 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 a goal of mine to shrink actually as fast as possible when I'm done, just because like you, I will need a new obsession. There, there's, there's some stuff that really, there is some stuff that really bugs you. Cause you know, you're always a bodybuilder, right? So like right. every once in a while I'll, you know, I'll sit down and I'll like look down at my legs and I'm like, fuck, they don't look very big in these pants anymore. <laughs> Cause you know, like I used to sit down and my like pants would be just mashed together in the middle. Cause there was just so much adductor, right. you know? And, and you know, I never had the biggest legs, but I had big legs. Like they were like 33 inches at one point. Right. I mean, put a tape measure around your leg and put it at 33, the average person, and see how much room is left. Right. They could fit two of them. <laughs> yeah. Like I had 33 inch, 33 inch thighs, you know, at one point. And, and, you know, now I think they're like 29 and a half or something. So to me, right. they're just like, I feel like a swimmer. Well, it's just such a different thing, though, because I'm sure you remember. And I, I bring this stuff up because there's guys, like you said, like, you, like your training partner, they're coming up. Because I remember, so when I first decided I was going to get huge, I remember I'd put on clothes, like before I'd go out, like out for dinner. And I'd be like, ooh, this shirt doesn't make me look big. So I'd change. Yeah. Then when you, well, then when you get really big, you're doing the opposite. You're like, yeah, I can't wear this. Fast. I look like a, or I look like a that guy. Like, yeah. I never wanted to wear tighter shirts when I when I was really big because I, I felt like you're that douchebag that his entire life revolves on being, being big. It's not that it doesn't, but it's like, I'm at a restaurant. I'm not yeah. trying, you know what I mean? And then, so I all wonder, how's it work when you back your way back out? Cause I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I catch myself occasionally because I'm, I'm sort of too far the, the other way now I used to, let's say I had a sleeveless shirt on mm-hmm. and I had like a, a 22 inch pump going on, you know, um, I would throw a hoodie on before I went into the grocery store. Yeah, for sure. Me too. That, yeah. Or if I was dieting for a show and I looked freaky, I would throw a hoodie on. Cause I just yep. didn't want, to, I didn't want to fucking, I didn't want to deal with any of it. But now if I have a sleeveless shirt on, I think, oh, I'm small now. I just look normal. <laughs> Which you are far from normal. But yes, I, I, forget, I totally know what you I'm mean. I'm small now. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just look like an athletic dude with a sleeveless shirt on. And I walk into Safeway and everyone's like, 
I'm like, oh shit, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just the, the perception. Of this shit. <laughs> but I'm, it's funny when you realize, when you become self-aware of the false perception, then right. you, then you're aware, and then you're just right. laughing about it. You're like, oh shit, it's, it's so funny. Right. But yeah, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I like what this. Real. That's what we do. I like it's this. like we're, it, we're we're basically just at Earl's having food with a bunch Here, of people watching. I got a great one. I got a great oh. one. I love this shit. If you could go back in time and compete in one Olympia, what year would it be? I'm thinking of all my favorite ones to watch. Um. Okay, I know my answer. But it's not for any reason that people would think. I I would uh, I would do the 2001 Mr. Olympia, um, and the reason is uh, the connection to 9/11 that year was unreal. I don't know if you remember that was that was 01, right? Yeah, 01 with 9/11. Yep, and uh, it was also the year that Jay put his stamp on the sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember, like, for that show, as, as cool as that was, um, uh, Lavroni's routine um, with the president in the background, the voiceovers from after the attacks, and then he played a hero, Enrique Iglesias' song. Like, that whole show was kind of like, as an American, it was a uh, stand-up kind of moment. You know what I mean? Very or, proud or moment, Or more importantly, yeah. still standing. You know what I mean? So that, also, that would be my one. A, a great, you know, I, I'm Canadian, so once again, I feel like I'm, you know, stepping into, You're into your business. But I, I feel like that was uh, a glorious time for your country, and it was a glorious time because of the amount of unity that well, yeah. was I mean, everywhere. One um, thing that was interesting that you may or may not know uh, was it's the only time where you really weren't allowed to be outspoken against what the whole said. Uh, to the point that uh, one really popular country band uh, spoke out against the war, and their career ended. Are you like, talking about the Dixie Chicks? Yeah, they're done. Yeah. Like you, you weren't allowed. Yeah, and everyone knew it. It was one of those things where it was like, you were so popular, and the entire country said, "Oh, okay, well then, fuck you." Yeah, it was interesting. You know, and that's aren't what, they, that's what I mean just, by that. I think they just released an album, but they're just called the Chicks now. And how funny is this? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, truthfully, like that's a funny factor when you look at, like you said, unity. Because like right now, we don't have unity. There's fighting and there's a divide down the middle or an imaginary divide. That was a time where it was like, oh no, you don't get to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, you don't get to have a fault, an altering opinion on this one. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that'd be my year plus. Let's also factor in, like, when you look back, that's when I first started really getting into bodybuilding. Imagine Dexter Jackson being, like, the small guy getting ninth. <laughs> yeah. And also imagine ninth being bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, top ten at the O. Um, there's you didn't answer, lot of, Dick. There's <laughs> lots of great years. Um, there's lots of great years. I, I think... have a guess for your year, though, so just so you know. So when you're about to say it, I want to guess. Okay, what 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 are you gonna guess? I was gonna guess for you ninety three. Okay, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, that that was you know probably the first one that I thought of because of you know Dorian's crushing win. It would have been would have been quite something to see. But I actually um, I actually would have loved to have been on stage for the 2009 Olympia. Ah, and uh, it's because it has. Listen to the top six. People forget. Sixth place, Victor Martinez. Fifth place, Phil Heath. Fourth place, Kai Green. Third place, Dexter Jackson. Second place, Branch Warren. First place, Jay Cutler. That top six is fucking unbelievable. And, uh, you know, you all said Dennis James, Marcus Rule. Um, you know, you had Dennis Wolf was, was last that year. That was his cookie year. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, so, yeah, just just a crazy Olympia would have been fun to be on stage. Uh, and, uh, you know, because then I could have got that shot. You know, when you're the last place guy, but in the numbers, you happen to stand next to Jay in the lineup. So you get the photo next to Jay. <laughs> Never know. Maybe it might have been a dream come true. Here's me compared to Jay and Dexter. <laughs> you know, what, you know, what my favorite uh, speaking of that, one of my favorite memories was uh, the 2000 to uh iron man okay so they've, they've got everybody fanned out to the sides i was at the show for prejudging and gustavo bedell is next to jay cutler right and they're in the lineup and gustavo's like elbows around him and make sure he's standing in front of jay and jay looks at him kind of like and then looks forward and then demetra goes Jay Cutler to the center, and he kind of looks at him and just walks by, like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, I remember watching that. Just, I got such a kick out because I don't think, I don't even know if it's in a video, but it was one of those things where he was battling for position before the call outs. Uh, so I, <laughs> with the guy who won before the show started. <laughs> I, I don't know Gustavo Bedell, I never met him, but he did something that I always thought was so lame. What, dry humping Jay when he won? Yes. <laughs> When when Jay Cutler was announced the winner, it was like a like read the room, buddy. Yeah. Like Jay's having a moment, Ronnie's having a moment, everyone's yeah. having a moment because they love Jay and they love Ronnie, and we're dealing with we're dealing with victory and pain, and we're all going through it, and we love these two guys. And he runs in there and jumps on Jay and gives him a hug so enthusiastically that I found it insulting to Ronnie Coleman. Oh, for sure. I think everybody did. And that always bothered me. I always yep. thought that was lame. I'm like, just settle down, buddy. You don't have to be in there fucking hugging him. Like, let yeah. his wife or whoever the fuck's going to come up and like, you know, <laughs> his what? mom gets to do that. His mom. And, and even, and even she knew better than to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't see Dexter running and jumping on him. Dexter's like, you know, everyone's like chilling out, like chill out. Well, even I remember because they they had essentially they had told Jay and Ronnie already. Yeah, they told Ronnie. They let Ronnie yeah. know. Yeah. So he wasn't blindsided by it. Yeah. And Ronnie told Jay on stage. You got me, bro. You got so me. So even Jay, I mean, I should say even because Jay is an intelligent man, but he understood to take this win softly. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't walk up in your fucking face. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally, because that's that's exactly what it was. Because he did, even when he won, it was. And I remember even after the fact, Jay pointing out that I didn't beat Ronnie at his best. Yeah. I beat him on his way out. You know what I mean? Um, which was class. You know what I'm saying? It's like he drove home that, and I, and I he might have even said like, "This is the best bodybuilder ever. I'm the best bodybuilder today." Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was a, and that's just a class act thing to do. Um, 
Here's a question oh, from a buddy of mine, Ben. How do you get yourself mentally to that next level with intensity? I always see you training at the gym and you're always next level. So I appreciate that, Ben. Um, you, I guess you go first. I asked it. I don't know. Any, any little things you do? Like, how do you flip the switch? So what, what is the actual here's the switch? thing, and, and I've analyzed this a ton. Um, there have been moments in my life, if I'm going through hard shit outside of the gym, that I will actually use that intentionally in the gym. But I've mentioned that. I think either it's either it's heard louder or I've mentioned it too many times. The majority of the truth is I love that place. There's literally nothing in the planet I would rather be doing than getting under a stupid amount of weight, going for a number I've never gotten. For some reason, I always know I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, the only thing that I do, and I wouldn't even say it gets me into that place, is I do have a little routine before I go um, that just, it sounds, I don't mean, it's not even the right words, but reminds me what I'm doing. Um, and my training partners know it now. So they'll even, they'll even say it sometimes. All I say is, uh, make me strong, keep me safe. Like, cause that's literally in my head when you get under something crazy, it's like, okay, one mistake and I'm fucked. Yeah. You're um, training with some pretty dangerous weights. You gotta you know, be aware. But other than that, man, like it, it's really not that deep. Because I just love it. Like, it's yeah. a scoreboard. I think that that's why I love the logbook so much. It's a scoreboard. And, 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 and the cool thing is I can never win because there's always more weight. Right. Um, so it's fun. Like, you know, it, I don't know. It's, it sucks because I can't explain it to people. I think also if I was going to try to explain it, I would say it's always knowing there's more. Like, as intense as I've gotten a, and where I am now compared to where I used to be is ridiculous and people used to think that i was hard trainer back then i just know deep down that there's even more levels above where i'm at that i'll never touch right which is kind of fun but yeah it's it's i don't know i don't have that thing everyone's looking for because i just fucking love it yeah i love training too man i love the pump i love mechanically moving weights i love you know having to zone into it and clear my mind and and like i said before about music music's like huge i like i know some people are like i'll just put on whatever and i'm like oh like it boggles my fucking mind <laughs> like <laughs> just put on whatever like even our gym like we play good music you know like we crack yeah. rap and hip-hop and old rock classic rock metal gangster rap we just play we play good music mm-hmm. but i could never train without headphones because that would mean i'd have to listen to songs i didn't pick because they're like, you know, this song might be one that's on my playlist, but the next three songs might not be songs I'm on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I want, I have to, that's that's my environment. Like, my, and my headphones are in. Like, I don't, I can't hear you talking. Like, oftentimes after a set, Braden will be like, can you hear me at all? And I'm like, no. <laughs> he has to, like, hold <laughs> fingers in front of my face, you know? Like, right. and I'm just really into my music. Like, it's it's a huge thing. Like, when you see me in the gym, I am listening to my music like i'm like when brain's doing a set and i'm spotting him mm-hmm. i'm also hearing like i'm like fuck these drums sound good right you know what i mean <laughs> and like this we'll be walking to the next machine and i might think fuck that guitar tone sick on this song <laughs> like, i I'm, love that I'm, I'm really into my music i'm listening to the guitar tone the bass lines or i'll i'll hear a little thing in a song that maybe i've heard a do- like a million fucking times but i might hear a little 
fuck, I never heard that bass note before. He kind of went up on the end of that one, you know? (laughs) And so I'm always listening to my music. I'm really, really into it. And, and when I take a second to like focus, you know, let's say I'm getting on a, about to do a big set. I, I don't, I actually tune into the music. I actually go go into the song and I fucking get the beat in my head. And then I like, you know, and go, it's a really, really important to me. It's not just background noise. So that, that makes me, you know, and another thing too is, um, you know, people think uh, I've had people like, Oh, here's a song for your workout. And there's something like a death metal song. Right. And I'm like, I'm not into death metal. Like intensity is emotion to me. Right. So like I can listen to, yeah, I listen to some heavy stuff. I listen to Pantera and I listen to like, you know, some classic metal and I listen to, you know, I've listened to Slipknot and I've listened to stuff like that, but most of the time it's just, it's, it's, it's intensity, not necessarily heaviness. Right. You know, like I'm listening, I'm on a deep dive. I'm on a Van Halen deep dive right now. I mean, some Van Halen music isn't that heavy. It's like arena rock. Right. You know, It's like, come on, baby, finish what you started. Like, it's not, it's not fucking, you know, Right. but when I hear it, I think, fuck, this is fun, awesome fucking party music. Like, this is fun. I'm having fun. Like, I love this guitar riff. These drums sound awesome. This is a party in my head. I'm the only one invited. (laughs) Do the voices come? Never mind. My caffeine is kicking, you know? know, I'm just having a blast. I'm having fun in the gym. I'm listening to music. It's, It's like my own little house party in there. Right. I dig that. I think the, 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 the overtone of this is hopefully for guys is you got to find your space. You yeah. Know? Cause, because you just nailed it. Like think of all the people we've had on and their answer to that question we've at, when we've asked and how it's been all over the place. Some mm-hmm. guys need to calm themselves down. Some guys are ramping themselves up. Some guy, it's finding that thing that clicks with you. But I think at the end of the day, the true, and I'm not going to say body was the true lifters they're aware that they're doing exactly what they want to do right now. You know what? It sounds funny. And I know that obviously the pay scale is uh, radically uh, different, but uh, I've watched lots of interviews with like rock stars. Right. And they talk about like the hour they're on stage. Right. And how, no matter how old they are, whether they're 30 or 50 or 60 or however old the band is, that hour has never felt different always the same right you know like they go in they play and they don't think about it they don't feel like oh this is this is that spot and i'm 55 years old now they don't feel it's just like this is the same spot it's the same spot i'm having a blast we're all having fun we're all and that's sort of like you know i think a lot of people have that spot where time stands still and they i think you're lucky if you can find that spot and keep it throughout your life and you go visit it every day. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're a painter and when you paint, doesn't matter how old you are, what year it is, you're still just in your little creative bubble. Right. I think, I mean, one factor with that too is, is some people will go to the gym, um, and life outside of the gym can affect them. I don't know what it is, but, and I've had businesses failing. I've had relationships failing. When I walk into a gym, it's like walking through a veil. Because I don't give a shit about anything other than this moment. Like, it's the most grounded time of my life is yep. in the gym. 
because it's the only thing I'm thinking about. It's the only thing I'm wondering about. I literally, I don't know what it is. And I'm fortunate because I know a lot of people get distracted and they can't get in their zone because these things are going on. When I'm in the gym, it's just my time, you know, and I just realized whatever's outside of there will still be waiting for me when I'm done. So enjoy this. Yeah. I, I had a discussion with someone the other day about, I guess it ties in with this, um, being ground, you know, grounded time and all that. Mm -hmm. But it was about, uh, I've told this story before, so I won't retell the whole thing, but when my mom died and my dad called me and said, Hey, your your mom, uh, slipped away on us last night. And, um, you know, we had the difficult conversation. It was only about 10 minutes long. Right. And, um, and I hung up the phone and like within an hour I was at the gym training shoulders. Right. And I mean, I had a little bit of like, obviously I was kind of like just on autopilot. Right. But, but looking back now that says a lot about my training and what it means to me. You know, I didn't really consciously make like a calculated decision to go train. It was almost like I just did it in like a, like a haze. Right. Like I was about to take my pre-workout. I better just continue on with my day as planned because I otherwise don't have any idea what I'll do with myself. Yeah, what are you? So, well, that's a you know thing. What, I mean? what are you supposed to do right now? Yeah, that's a thing. As I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I just did my normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that tells you what the gym is. If I was supposed to go get groceries, I may have not gotten groceries. Right. No, I agree. In fact, you <laughs> definitely would have got groceries. That's not important then. Yeah. yeah I think it's it's interesting because it's going home the gym. That's for exactly me. what it is. And, it's, it's like, and it doesn't matter where it is. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I really enjoy is when you've gotten to that point. I remember when I first got a membership to the gym I trained at this weekend, actually, it was nerve wracking. And there were big dudes and it was a little intimidating and all these things. And now every gym in the world is home. My yeah. God, there's a gym, even if it's a shitty gym. Yeah. You got gravity and weights. Cool. <laughs> you got I'm a, gravity. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and show up for a couple hours. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. But, yeah, I don't think there's a real way to answer how you find that space because everyone's different, you know. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not the depth that I think that um, I wish it was so I could explain it easily. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to think about this and get angry. I'm like, eh, I'm usually pretty happy in the gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm having a party, man. That is a great example, though, because and, and like you said, like everything you're doing, I don't do any of that. I don't think about the music. I like upbeat and I will definitely I mean, the nice thing about our gym is it's, it is smaller. The radio is not far away and I will go change a song before a set and I will right, absolutely right. walk in and change the shit music as soon as I get there. If they've got some R&B shit on, I'm like, whoever broke up with their girlfriend, I'm sorry, but Are there's another sm- one. I, We're I know. moving the fuck on now. I always joke. I always joke because, you know, there's kind of that like new age um, sort of slow hip hop. You yeah, know that yeah, stuff? I hate it. I, 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 I mean, a lot of people like that stuff, but I just fucking loathe that shit. So sometimes I walk into the gym and there'll be like a Drake song on. Mm-hmm. And I joke. I'm like, what are we smoking weed and fucking? <laughs> like, why is Drake on? Like, I'll look, you know, like I think to myself, I hate that shit. But a lot of people like it, so you know we 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 play we play the more of the hip hop in the morning. Yeah, I think it's good though because at my gym I don't own the gym, and a lot of people like it. So all I have to do is just don't train when I'm there, and it'll be fine. Right, right, right. Because right. I'm changing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it's gonna be. And actually, what's funny is the 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 
I think because of the time of day that I train, most people there are either in college, um, working nights or else they're in a financial position to be there in the middle of the day. Cause I'll walk in and change the music and I'll look over and I'll just see somebody. Right. <laughs> Finally, something we can get going to. All right. We should, we should hit a couple more. We got, we got a little time, dude. Oh, the hunt for red October. That's a very valid point. Oh yeah. Great one. I was talking about that the other day. Hunt yeah, for red October. Fuck did I forget that? Thank you for that. I like that I scanned. I'm like, oh shit, valid point. Yeah. For for those just tuning in, we're talking about Sean Connery, <laughs> just randomly naming movies. <laughs> so, thanks, Dusty. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> so well, the way I'm always the, goofing off, it would make sense. I just randomly say shit. I have a so I remember when I went to see the Hunt for Red October, my brother took me to the theater to see it. Right. He's like, I gotta, I gotta go see this movie. You gotta come with me. And he took me to this old theater in Vancouver because I was visiting him at the time and he was out here going to med school. And we went to this old theater downtown. I don't even think if it's still there now. And it was one of those old style where there's only one screen and it's huge. Like it wasn't the new style theaters that have 10 screens, you know, go to this old theater, big ass brick fucking building, one giant screen. Playing one movie. (laughs) One movie. Yeah. And uh, we sat in the front row of the balcony. So, you know, you're, you're halfway to the screen, but you're up high. So it's just the best seat. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was the first time I saw a movie where they had like surround, like the, oh, the surround I love that. sound yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the eighties. And so, you know, it's a submarine movie. So you hear like the pong, you know, the subs ping, ping, you know, the radar sound uh-huh. that would like go around you in the room. Yeah, and, uh, it was like the first time I heard that in a movie and I was like, Oh fuck, this is awesome. And now you go to movies and your seats vibrate and fucking jump up. all. <laughs> you got all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get, I get teased all the time because obviously my theater ha- that I enjoy going to is very, very me. They have waiters. You can get a glass of wine if you want. <laughs> there you <laughs> like, go. I'm like, what? It's hardcore. You just don't understand. Yes. Um, I'm going to join. I'm, I'm going to do two questions here for you, Ron. And I, cause I want your answers on them. Um, one is, uh, can anyone in your opinion get to that huge 300 or so pound mark? Obviously the look of, of the physique will differ, but can anyone get to that next level of size or is that only a certain people's frames and genetics? And then kind of a combined question. Another guy asks, if you're trying to move up a weight class, how much weight would you go above the weight class to get there? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, well, I mean, 300 pounds, like, so I'm six foot, half inch. I have a big frame and I had to like eat, sleep and train and dedicate my life to being a bodybuilder, to be a 300 pound bodybuilder. So to be like five foot eight and hit 300, that's like, fuck, that's like, to me, that's just like amazing because I was six six foot and I had a hard time being, you know, getting big enough to be, you know, the legit right. pounder. Um, so the guys that are five eight walking around, like you know, you got Nick Walker at like an easy two ninety at five seven or whatever he is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just mind boggling. But so no, I I, I say not everyone can get to three hundred. Like to get to three hundred, you either have to have a big ass frame like me, or you have to have insane genetic ability to carry tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to dedicate at least a decade of your life to just eating like a fucking animal. Cause like, I don't care what you say. You're not, you're not, um, lean gaining your weight to 300 pounds. 
No, and even if you throw away the word or the or the weight three hundred pounds and just went into being a true freak, um, that's essentially there's, there's what a, it means. Yeah, yeah, there's a genetic component to that, just like anything. Um, no. I think I, that people overstate genetics because when when you and I are talking about people with phenomenal genetics. We're literally talking about the point zero zero ones, the Phil Heaths, the well, Dexter Jacksons. Here, you have ridiculous genetics for bodybuilding compared to 90% exactly, of people. You know? Exactly. My genetics were good enough that I was able to win two nationals and turn pro. Right. And not everyone can do that. <laughs> which is technically, when you talk about percentage-wise, that's like very, very high up. Yep. And then to go to like Phil Heath, that's like... And then there's fucking stratosphere of ability to develop your body. Yep. I always say this, and it it's a joke, but really, really let this sink in. If you take all the food and all the drugs and you give them to a pit bull and a chihuahua, what happens? Right. The you could you tie the pit bull to a fucking sled. Give them some D ball and a bunch of beef and have them pull that sled every day, that dog's gonna get fucking muscular and scary looking. Yep. You hook that sled to the Chihuahua, give him all the D ball and all the dog food and all the beef, and he's gonna get more muscular and he'll be a more muscular Chihuahua. And there's going still to be a <laughs> still a Chihuahua. And there's gonna be a massive amount of difference in the amount of size change. The Chihuahua might increase his muscle mass by a hundred percent. Right. And he still looks like nothing next to the pit bull that even if the pit bull half-ass pulled the sled and skipped a few meals, yeah, the pit bull's still going to double his muscle mass. You know, like there's just, if you just think about it, like you genetically, the average person out there, what breed of dog are you genetically? Can you ever be a pit bull? <laughs> this is, this is like the, my, 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 my friend, Mike, who is, uh, his his gym is literally based around pit bulls. I could, I could totally see his brain spinning because it's so accurate. Right, like, right. Would you, you know, ever be a real pit bull? <laughs> like if if you if you have you know the dream of like crushing an overall victory at a bodybuilding show, um, then you know you better at least be a German Shepherd, right, and have a good razor. You know, shave all the hair off. <laughs> but you better at least something other than a chihuahua or a dash hound you're not like you know what i mean like yeah. genetics i mean that uh, but that's not everyone fun to chase man because yeah you, that's exactly you establish it. your goal based on what breed you are like i never include like at no point in my entire life did i get confused on who i was um <laughs> i thought that turning pro was an enormous goal that I could absolutely achieve. Right. And that many people would think I couldn't achieve. Yeah. Um, and I think that that same goal can take place for somebody who says, you know what, dude, I'm going to win the Arizona open one day. I might do that show for 10 fucking years, but one day I can win the Arizona open. And I think that that guy probably can. Yep. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think that it's a reminder and I, I'm kind of bringing this up crossways because I had a client say this to me one time. He goes, well, I understand that you train a lot of guys for pro shows, so this doesn't mean much. And I was like, no, this is your fucking Olympia. It means yeah. everything. And also, I would never want to discourage a chihuahua from being the best goddamn chihuahua he can be. 
because a I, chihuahua, <laughs> a chihuahua can win the overall at an entry level show. Absolutely, I which is York. really good, right? <laughs> I'm really glad we went with chihuahua instead of yorkie. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want these two to get offended. They can hear it. You know what I mean? Donna takes this shit personally. So. That's so funny. Um, but as far as the uh, the other question about moving up a class uh, without going too long, since we're already here, um, my rule of thumb, and I and I, like you said, Ron, I hate to use the word old school, but what I was taught and what I teach is eat for the weight you want to be, not the weight you are. It's exactly it. We've gone over that a few times. Eat for the weight you want to be. The first year that you like if 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 let's say you're already at the point where you have to move up the class like yeah. last show you fucking had to ki- like kill yourself to make weight and there's just no way you're doing it again and you already have enough muscle to at least be in the new class and you're just trying to go really up um you know that's going to be the year you're going to like how do I how do I say this like you got to go for it yeah you want to waste your time like you're going to have to eat up Make sure you go up. So eat for the weight you want to be. So I don't know. What would you say if a guy was shooting for top of the heavyweights? Like let's say he had 220 pounds of lean muscle mass on his body. Mm-hmm. What's your limit for off-season weight? These always suck because you you know this as much as I do. It is person to person. But assuming he's got decent genetics to come down, um, and he was trying to get to 225. Uh, and he was moving up a class, so we're talking about he has a twenty-pound window. Then, then I, I would not be afraid to push him to two seventy, two sixty, yep. to come down to two twenty-five inside-out shredded. Yeah. Um. I think earlier in your career, this is where people get a little bit confused, and I've had it worded against me before: is, will you stay so lean? I'm like, but I didn't. That's not my goal anymore. If I just focus on getting better, bigger, I'll get worse. As a bodybuilder now, like it's, it's I considered doing it just because I wanted to see if I had it in me to, to do that again, because it sucks, as you know, to eat that amount of food. And I just I didn't know if I had the balls to do it anymore, to be honest with you. Um, and I didn't and I never did. So uh, that was that. But truthfully. You got to look back at when people were trying to make that mark. I was fat and big and strong and strong. And my well, no, only I, focus was do not have don't get so heavy that like the low back pumps hurt the training. So everything my, was based on is this the strongest I can be? My I remember many, many, many years where the only thing I cared about was I'd pull my shirt up and go, okay, I could still see my abs. They're still there pretty much. <laughs> I can still see them. And my midsection's pretty lean. Like I, you know, like I could see my abs at 320. Yeah, you're like me. My low back would be fat as shit and I have abs. Yeah, I'd have fat legs, no cuts in my quads, you know, mm-hmm. no, you know, kind of like, just kind of gross, but I'd have some abs and I'd be like, okay, I can keep eating, order a pizza and I'd just keep eating. Um, so yeah, and then also size of your frame that did, uh, dictates how high up above your weight class you can go. Obviously going to 270 for a heavyweight is different than, you know, 50 pounds for a lightweight. Yeah, no, I, I like to use percentages yeah, percentages, more than yeah. anything because, yeah, people love to do that. And I'm like, well, but my percentage of You said I can gain 50 pounds. Yeah, but, but you're 125. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. So, but yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely push for weight. And I think that's the only thing that we had the uh, true benefit of was like in the in the world we're in now, it, it is a little more difficult to just commit to the fact that you're going to get fucking heavy. You're going to look shitty. 
I remember at one point, Ron, and I'm sure this happened to you. I had a guy come over that was in my uh, ex-wife's like church, and I don't don't go to church. Um, so he came to my house, and I was in my house with a shirt off, and he goes, "Oh, I thought you were a bodybuilder," because I was fat, and he didn't mean to insult me, but people think bodybuilder, they think of magazine, and you're in shape, right. and you got abs, and you're ripped, and I was just big fat fuck, and I'm and in his brain, he was like. He thought, oh, oh. He's, he's a weightlifter. Yeah. No, he's just fat. I mean, literally, like, his, I'm sure and she had probably amped me up better than I was anyways. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, very funny, that perception, because now with with the uh, the social media era, everyone's like, oh, I thought you were a bodybuilder. I only, had to, I only had to cry once when the guy came to my house. You guys have to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> one last one. I yeah. saw you got some artwork touched up. Yes. So what'd got, you get done, Dusty? Uh, well, I had both arms completely redone, um, which was just the the original work that AJ, my tattoo artist, did on my left arm, which they're actually scabbing over now. But uh, it had lost some detail because it was three years ago, and I tan and do everything else. Uh, so I booked eight hours with him to retouch everything. Plus, he had switched ink, and my new tattoos were the new ink, and they looked better. And then I actually had one more piece done to my hand because I had time. So it, it's fun because I'm at the point now I've had a lot of people that are like, oh, what about bodybuilding? And I'm like, my bodybuilding career has nothing to do with the stage right. at all anymore. Um, well, plus, I, I think your hands are safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, everything I mean, my actually this the piece of my right arm that goes all to my shoulder, I would have it covered um, to compete again. And I will compete this year because I want to. Um, but it's literally for me. Uh, I don't, I've really come to the conclusion I cannot put myself through what I put myself through for a show without one. Right. Um, so, and I want to do it one more time. I want to get peeled out of my head one more time. So I'm going to, I'm going to do another show, but yeah, it's just, it's a new passion of mine. And I think what's kind of fun in this case, a lot of people are like, why would you do that? It ruins your physique. And I'm like, well, if you're looking from a bodybuilding standpoint, yes. Um, but I'm not. I uh, I asked you because uh, first of all your your art's really cool because your your tattoos are the type of tattoos well I don't know I, I I like all different kinds of art on people I'm an admirer of tattoos right but I have a a, a question here uh, since I'm not competing anymore would I get any and the answer is absolutely not I don't ever see a tattoo on my body I right. just I've never had one I've never wanted one uh, but I admire when people have great art or interesting pieces or a piece that means something to them or they might even have a wacky tattoo on their arm that makes no sense and i'll go what's that and they're like oh i was on holidays with my best friend in thailand and we both like you know there's always a, I like it when there's a story yeah yeah for sure you know and that's fine and i i, I don't have a problem with them on other people i just have never wanted one but that's also me i don't own any jewelry i right. don't have any piercings i don't have any tattoos I like to travel light. <laughs> it's actually a great de description. You know what's you know? interesting though is is for me the the art side has become more about my tattoo artist than me. Right. It blows my mind every single time because he busts out a bic pen. I tell him what I'm looking for, and he just draws it on me. Half the time we don't have a picture. Yeah, yeah. And he just runs with it. Like, yeah. I, you know, and it just, it was funny. So his, a random story, but his father just died. And he posted a picture. Uh, he's been painting the sides of buildings now. 
and he did a a piece of his dad on the side of a building. And uh, I was like, hey, how long did that take? Spray paint, you know what I mean? He goes, six hours. <laughs> what? Hey, well, how many people helped you? No one. You went out there with spray paint and a ladder, and you painted the entire side of a building. And an ex- it, it, I knew his dad. So yeah. It is his dad. And I'm like, I can, because we don't write anymore. When I have to like write a card, it looks like I'm holding the pen like this, and I'm yep. using a crayon because it's so terrible. And I'm going slow trying to make it look good. And I'm like, I can't draw a stick, man. You can do this. It just baffles my brain, you know? And it is fun because I get literally, especially since I've had these touched, I am fascinated by the type of people that are into art because just like you, I at one point had a lady just recently, I was walking down the aisle at the grocery store, which I loved because everyone's so afraid of everything. And this older woman literally grabbed my arm. I was walking by and I stopped and she goes, I love your tattoos. And I'm talking like 80. And I'm like, you do? <laughs> awesome. Also love that you don't give a fuck and you just grab my arm because that's cool. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I could see, you know, what's cool funny now is back in the day, having a tattoo made you different. Now you're the most different creature on the planet because you don't have any. <laughs> I just feel like I'm too late. Like if I show up now with a tattoo, I'm like Will Ferrell coming through the back door of a frat house party with a case of beer saying, I made it. And everyone turns to me and they're like, we're, we're already done partying, dude. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> I, I love your vision of the world. I want to I want to spend a week too watching late. through your eyes. <laughs> uh, one more before we go real quick. Worst business move you've ever heard of in bodybuilding. Uh, okay. For me, the worst business move ever was when they uh, pulled Phil Heath from the uh, call out and everyone decided not to go to finals because they had already announced that Phil won in prejudging. Ah, they didn't bring him out for the last call out. What you year was that? that? I don't even remember. But I remember being there and saying to myself, "Oh, you, even though I already knew and everyone already knew. Right. You still want to see it. You just told me. Yeah. Now I'm going to go to dinner tomorrow night and see a Circus Olay show because I know who's winning. Yeah, I, well, what's funny is I actually didn't come back. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny because I already knew, but it, like that was one of those things where I was stunned. I'm like, that's dumb. Okay, go ahead. What's yours? Um, it's my one regret about the Jay Cutler interview. Oh, I our interview. Didn't ask him about Beats by Jay. I don't know if I call that a business decision, but I had yeah. it. I had it written down. You did? I did. I had it written down. I was going to bring up Beats by Jay. I wanted to know because, you know, Jay, I was like, it was the worst idea he's ever had, but I bet he made money on it. But you have to admit, uh, this I was going to ask I, him, like, how much money did you make on that? Did it, was it at least break even? And I bet he made money on it and he would have laughed. Well, it's like, do you remember when he, uh, one thing I love about business is people only remember your good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, you forgot it, about it, didn't you? Well, yeah, but well, do you remember when Jay came out with the scissors that were etched his, his signature into him? Yeah, for cutting meat. For cutting food, because he cut meat with scissors. And people, and, I rem- and people started wanting to cut meat with scissors, and he said to himself, fuck it, I bet you I could sell some scissors. 
I started doing it too, chopping up shit. Was I was like, what a fucking, why didn't I, how can I not think of that? <laughs> but it's, it is funny though, because obviously it didn't make him enough money to keep doing it. Right. But Couldn't I just love the much. fact that, yeah, well, he just did it. I mean, that is business. Cause you know what? People come up with an idea that seems silly. Like I met the guy way You're off. You're killing it, bro. With some random thing. I met the guy who invented the elbow of a PVC pipe. I'm like, wait a minute. It didn't always turn. Someone had to invent that. What the fuck would be the point without that? So that's a prime example. Or the guy who invented the noodle or Jay comes out with the scissors and they blow up and all of a sudden he's selling scissors all over the, who fucking knows, but you got to go for it to find out. Yeah. And when you're as successful as Jay or look at Rob and Dana, like the, the gym issue that they had, Matt said to me, he literally sent me the clip of Rob breaking down. He goes, it sucks. I could have saved that business easily. Yeah. But they're so good at business that in a couple of years, no one will even remember that that business failed because the other 776 they have are killing it. And the three that you and I never heard about didn't work are gone. (laughs) By the sounds of it, he shut it down like suddenly. Well, I think, well, what it was is is they they were going to have to sign another lease. And why would they sign a lease on a losing business? Yeah, that was it. They were like, they pushed right to the end. They're like, ah, fuck it. And just pulled the the pin. Yeah, you're fine. You you lived out your your lease. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that really a fail? (laughs) Trust me. I've not lived out leases before. It's not a fail if you can make it through. When you live out your lease and, and you sell off your equipment and you walk away from it without having to like... I don't know. You don't even have to declare bankruptcy or anything. You just close the gym and sell your equipment. Yeah, it is what it is. People do it all so, the time. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like saying a previous relationship was a fail. It was f- many great years, and now we're both better people. Right? <laughs> Learning Wasn't necessarily experience. a fail. You Learning made me better for the next one. <laughs> oh, Dusty. You make me better, Dusty. Yeah, I feel that way. I do. You've learned what not to do. <laughs> so was that the perfect live show? Well, I think so, because I forgot completely. <laughs> well, so that's the first attempt. The reason we're doing a live show for you guys today, uh, wrapping up, is because uh, we are recording with a guest this week. He's an Olympia contender, and um, we're looking forward to it. But we got to record at a weird time, so we might not have a show for you on Wednesday like we normally do. But this yep. is going to go back up, I assume. This will stay up. Yeah, we'll repost this on Wednesday. Yeah. And we'll be good to go, but we got, uh, we're got we definitely on top of things, guys, getting you some great shows. So remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, and hit that bell so you get the notifications. And uh, it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. Make sure you're stocked up on ammo and canned food. <laughs> and uh, good luck Out to everybody in America. Borders closed, buddy. Enjoy yourself up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. And I don't know what to do wrong because we're still live. I can't just talk.